0: 4. Omen Artists. London. Born at Ramsgate. Pupil of Mrs. Jopling Rowe and Mr. C.E. Swan. Miss Austen exhibits in the Royal Academy exhibitions, her works are well hung when on the line. Her favorite subjects are wild animals. And she is successful in the illustration of books. Her pictures are in private collections. At the Royal Academy in 1903 she exhibited, The Day of Reckoning. A wolf pursued by hunters through a forest in snow. A second shows a snow scene, with a wolf baying, while two others are apparently listening to him, while the wolf, in nightly prowl, baes the moon with hideous howl, is the legend with the picture, a Yuzielin, Pauline, born in Paris, where she died, 1775-1835, she was a pupil of Regmold and excelled in portraits of women, she exhibited in the Paris Salon from 1793, when One but 18 years old. Her pictures of the arrival of Marie-Louise in Coquaine and Marie-Louise taking leave of her family, are in the Versailles Gallery. B.A.B.I.A. and O.Y. Mendes Núñez, Carmen, at the Santiago Exposition, 1875. This artist exhibited two oil paintings and two landscapes in Crayon, at Corona, 1878. A portrait in oil of the Marquis de Mendes Núñez, at Pontevedra 1880. Several pen and watercolor studies three life-size portraits in crayon, and a work in oil, a girl feeding chickens, Bailey, Caroline A.B. Gold Medal, Paris Exposition, 1900, Third Class Medal, Salon, 1901, No Reply to Circular, Baker, Elizabeth Bowdy, Medal at Cooper Union, Member of Boston Art Students Association and Art Workers Club for Women, New York, Born at Xenia, Ohio, Pupil of the Cooper Union, Art Students League, New York School of Art, Philadelphia Academy of Fine Arts, Cowles Art School, Boston, under Frederick Freer, William Chase, and Siddons Mowbray, This artist has painted numerous portraits and has been especially successful with pictures of children. She has a method of her own of which she has recently written me. She claims that it is excellent for life-size portraits in watercolors. The paper she uses is heavier than any made in this country, and must be imported. The watercolors are very strong. Mrs. Baker claims that in this method she gets the strength of oils with the daintiness of watercolors, and that it is beautiful for women and children, and sufficiently strong for portraits of men. She rarely exhibits, and her portraits are in private houses. B-A-K-H-U-Y-Z-N. J-U-F-F-R-L-U-W-G-R-A-R-D-I-N-A Jacob van Sandy. Silver Medal at The Hague. 1857. Honorary Medal at Amsterdam. 1861 another at the Hague 1863 and a medal of distinction at Amsterdam Colonial Exhibition 1885 daughter of the well-known animal painter from childhood she painted flowers and for a time this made no especial impression on her family or friends as it was not an uncommon occupation for girls at length her father saw that this daughter Gerard Rafferty had numerous daughters and they all desired to be artists had talent And when, in 1850, the Minerva Academy at Groningen gave out, roses and dahlias, as a subject, and offered a prize of a little more than $10 for the best example, he encouraged Gerardna to enter the contest. She received the contemptible reward, and found, to her astonishment, that the Minerva Academy considered the picture as belonging to them. However, this affair brought the name of the artist to the knowledge of the public and she determined to devote herself to the painting of flowers and fruit, in which she has one unusual fame. There is no sameness in her pictures, and her subjects do not appear to be arranged. Everything seems to have fallen into its place by chance and to be entirely natural. Gerard Neyakoba and her brother Julius Van de Sandeva the landscape painter, share one studio. She paints with rapidity, as one must in order to picture the freshness of fast-fading flowers. Johann Graham writes of her, if she paints a basket of peaches or plums, they look as if just picked by the gardener and placed upon the table, without any thought of studied effect, some leaves covering the fruit, others falling out of the basket in the most natural way, if she paints the branch of a rose tree, it seems to spring from the ground with its flowers in all their luxurious wantonness, and one can almost imagine oneself inhaling their delightful perfume. This talented artist knows so well how to depict with her brush the transparency and softness of the tender, ethereal rose that one may seek in vain among a crowd of artists for her equal. The paintings are all bright and sunny, and we are filled with enthusiasm when gazing at her powerful works. This artist was born in 1826 and died in 1895. She lived and died in her family residence. In 1850, at Groningen, she took for her motto be true to nature and you will produce that which is good. To this she remained faithful all her days. Baldwin, Edithella, born at Worcester, Massachusetts, studied in Paris at Julian Academy, under Baudaria and Robert Fleury, at the Colarossi Studios under Courtois, also under Julius Rolchowin and Mosseler, paints portraits and miniatures. At the Salon of the Champ de Mars she exhibited a portrait in pastel. In 1901, at exhibitions of the Society of American Artists in 1898 and 1899, she exhibited miniatures, also pictures in oils at Worcester, 1903. Ball Caroline Petal, honorable mention at Paris exhibition, 1900. Member of the Guild of Arts and Crafts and of Art Students League. Born at Terre Haute, Indiana. pupil at the Art Students League under Augusta Street Gardens and Canyon Cox. This sculptor exhibited at Paris a bronze clock she designed for the Tiffany Glass Company the figure of the young Virgin and that of the Christ of the Sacred Heart, a memorial found at Flushing, Long Island, a medallion portrait of Miss Cox of Tarot, a monument to a child in the same city, a victory in a quadriga, seen on the United States Building, Paris, 1900, and also at the Buffalo Exhibition, 1901, are among her important works, Willis Antonia, At the Paris Exposition of 1878 several portraits by this artist attracted attention, one of them being a portrait of herself. At the Exposition of 1880 she exhibited, a guitar player, B.A.R.R.A.D.A.'s Manuel de Aragon, Maria del Carmen, member of the Academy of San Fernando, Madrid, 1816. This institution possesses a drawing by her of the Virgin with the Christ Child, and a portrait in oil of a person of the epoch of Charles III. B.A.S.H.K.I.R.D.S.E.F.F. Marie. Born in Russia of a noble family, 1860-84. This remarkable young woman is interesting in various phases of her life, but here it is as an artist that she is to be considered. Her journal, she tells us, is absolutely truthful, and it is but courteous to take the story of her artistic career from that. She had lessons in drawing, as many children do but she gives no indication of a special love for art until she visits Florence when 14 years old, and her love of pictures and statues is awakened. She spent hours in galleries, never sitting down, without fatigue, in spite of her delicacy. She says, that is because the things one loves do not tire one, so long as there are pictures and, better still, statues to be seen. I am made of iron, after questioning whether she dare say it she confides to her readers, I don't like the Madonna della Cidia of Raphael, the countenance of the Virgin is pale, the color is not natural, the expression is that of a waiting maid rather than of a Madonna, ah, uh, but there is a Magdalen of Titian that enchanted me, only there must always be on only her wrists are too thick and her hands are too plump beautiful hands they would be on a woman of fifty, there are things of Rubens and Dyck that are ravishing, the mensonge of Salvator Rosa is very natural. I do not speak as a connoisseur, what most resembles nature pleases me most, is it not the aim of painting to copy nature, I like very much the full, fresh countenance of the wife of Paul Veronese, painted by him, I like the style of his faces, I adore Titian and Vandick, but that poor Raphael, provided only no one knows what I write, people would take me for a fool, I do not criticize Raphael, I do not understand him. In time I shall no doubt learn to appreciate his beauties. The portrait of Pope Leo X I think it is is admirable. However, a surprising critique for a girl of her age. When 17 she made her first picture of any importance. While they were playing cards last night I made a rough sketch of the players and this morning I transferred the sketch to canvas. I am delighted to have made a picture of persons sitting down in different attitudes. I copied the position of the hands and arms the expressions of the countenance, etc. I had never before done anything but heads, which I was satisfied to scatter over the canvas like flowers. Her enthusiasm for her art constantly increased. She was not willing to acknowledge her semi-invalidism and was filled with the desire to do something in art that would live after her. She was opposed by her family, who wished her to be in fashionable society. At length she had her way. And when not quite 18 began to study regularly at the Julian Academy, she worked eight and nine hours a day. Julian encouraged her. She rejoiced in being with real artists who have exhibited in the salon and whose pictures are bought, and declared herself happy, happy, before long M. Julian told her that she might become a great artist, and the first time that Robert Fleury saw her work and learned how little she had studied, and that she had never before drawn from a living model he said, well, then, you have extraordinary talent for painting, you are specially gifted, and I advise you to work hard, her masters always assured her of her talent, but she was much of the time depressed, she admired the work of mademoiselle Breslau and acknowledged herself jealous of the Swiss artist, but after a year of study she took the second prize in the academy, and admitted that she ought to be content, Robert Fleury took much interest in her work, and she began to hope to equal Breslau, but she was as often despondent as she was happy, which no doubt was due to her health, for she was already stricken with the malady from which she died. Julian wondered why, with her talent, it was so difficult for her to paint, to herself she seemed paralyzed. In the autumn of 1879 she took a studio, and, besides her painting, she essayed modeling. In 1880 her portrait of her sister was exhibited at the salon, and her mother and other friends were gratified by its acceptance. At one time Mademoiselle Boshkurtseff had suffered with her eyes, and, getting better of that, she had an attack of deafness. For these reasons she went, in the summer of 1880, to Montdory for treatment, and was much benefited in regard to her deafness, though not cured, and now the condition of her lungs was recognized and what she had realized for some time was told to her family, she suffered greatly from the restrictions of her condition, she could not read very much, as her eyes were not strong enough to read and paint, she avoided people because of her deafness, her cough was very tiresome and her breathing difficult, at the Salon of 1881 her picture was well hung and was praised by artists, in the autumn of that year she was very ill, but happily, about the beginning of 1882, She was much better and again enthusiastic about her painting. She had been in Spain and excited admiration in Madrid by the excellence of her copy of Vulcan by Velazquez. January 15th she wrote, I am wrapped up in my art. I think I caught the sacred fire in Spain at the same time that I caught the pleurisy. From being a student I now begin to be an artist. This sudden influx of power puts me beside myself with joy. I sketch future pictures. I dream of painting and Ophelia. Potain has promised to take me to Saint and to study faces of the mad women there, and then I am full of the idea of painting an old man, an Arab, sitting down singing to the accompaniment of a kind of guitar, and I am thinking also of a large affair for the coming Salon of you of the carnival, but for this it would be necessary that I should go to Nice to Naples first for the carnival, and then to Nice, where I have my villa, to paint it in open air. She now met Bastian LePage, who... While he was somewhat severe in his criticism of her work, told her seriously that she was marvelously gifted. This gave her great pleasure. And, indeed, just at this time the whole tone of the journal and her art enthusiasm are most comforting after the preceding despairing months. From this time until her death her journal is largely occupied with her health, which constantly failed. But her interest in art and her intense desire to do something worthy of a great artist something that Julian Robert Fleury, and, above all, Bastian LePage, could praise, seemed to give her strength, and, in spite of the steady advance of the felt tuberculosis from which she was dying, she worked devotedly, she had a fine studio in a new home of the family, and was seized with an ardent desire to try sculpture she did a little in this art but that which proved to be her last and best work was her contribution to the salon of 1884, this brought her to the notice of the public, and she had great pleasure, although mingled with the conviction of her coming death and the doubts of her ability to do more. Of this time she writes, Am I satisfied? It is easy to answer that question, I am neither satisfied nor dissatisfied. My success is just enough to keep me from being unhappy. That is all. Again, I have just returned from the salon. We remained a long time seated on a bench before the picture. It attracted a good deal of attention and I smiled to myself at the thought that no one would ever imagine the elegantly dressed young girl seated before it, showing the tips of her little boots, to be the artist, God uh, all this is a great deal better than last year, have I achieved a success, in the true, serious meaning of the word, I almost think so, the picture was called the meeting, and shows seven gamins talking together before a wooden fence at the corner of a street, Francois copy wrote of it, it is a chef d'urveur, I maintain, the faces and the attitudes of the children are strikingly real. The glimpse of meager landscape expresses the sadness of the poorer neighborhoods. Previous to this time, her picture of two boys, called, Jean and Jax, had been reproduced in the Russian illustration, and she now received many requests for permission to photograph and reproduce her meeting, and connoisseurs made requests to be admitted to her studio. All this gratified her while it also surprised, She was at work on a picture called, Spring, for which she went to Sevra, to paint in the open. Naturally she hoped for a salon medal, and her friends encouraged her wish but alas, she was cruelly disappointed. Many thought her unfairly treated, but it was remembered that the year before she had publicly spoken of the committee as, Idiots, people now wished to buy her pictures and in many ways she realized that she was successful. How pathetic her written words, I have spent six years working 10 hours a day, to gain what? The knowledge of all I have yet to learn in my art, and a fatal disease. It is probable that the meeting received no medal because it was suspected that Mademoiselle Bushurtseff had been aided in her work. No one could tell who had originated this idea, but as some medals had been given to women who did not paint their pictures alone, the committee were timid. Although there seems to have been no question as to superiority, A friendship had grown up between the families Bosch and Bastian LePage. Both the great artist and the dying girl were very ill, but for some time she and her mother visited him every two or three days. He seemed almost to live on these visits and complained if they were omitted. At last, ill as Bastian LePage was, he was the better able of the two to make a visit. On October 16th she writes of his being brought to her and made comfortable in one easy chair while she was in another. Uh, if I could only paint, he said, and I, she replied, there is the end to this year's picture, these visits were continued, October 20th she writes of his increasing feebleness, she wrote no more, and in 11 days was dead, in 1885 the works of Marie Bouchertsev were exhibited, in the catalogue was printed Francois Coppy's account of a visit he had made her mother a few months before Marie's death, he saw her studio and her works, and wrote, After speaking of the meeting, as follows, at the exhibition salon before this charming picture, the public head with a unanimous voice bestowed the medal on Mademoiselle B who had been already mentioned the year before. Why was this verdict not confirmed by the jury? Because the artist was a foreigner? Who knows? Perhaps because of her wealth, this injustice made her suffer, and she endeavored the noble child to avenge herself by redoubling her efforts. In one hour I saw their twenty canvases commenced. A hundred designs drawings, painted studies, the cast of a statue, portraits which suggested to me the name of Franz Halls, scenes made from life in the open streets, notably one large sketch of the landscape the October mist on the shore, the trees half-stripped, big yellow leaves strewing the ground, in a word, works in which is incessantly sought, or more often asserts itself, the sentiment of the sincerest and most original art, and of the most personal talent, Mathilde Blind. In her study of Marie bosch says, Marie loved to recall Balzac's questionable definition that the genius of observation is almost the whole of human genius. It was natural it should please her, since it was the most conspicuous of her many gifts, as we might expect. Therefore, she was especially successful as a portrait painter, for she had an act of catching her sitter's likeness with the bloom of nature yet fresh upon it. All her likenesses are singularly individual and we realize their character at a glance, look, for example, at her portrait of a Parisian swell, in irreproachable evening dress and white kid gloves, sucking his silver-headed cane, with a simper that shows all his white teeth, and then at the head and bust of a Spanish convict, painted from life at the prison in Granada, compare that embodiment of fashionable vacuity with this face, whose brute-like eyes haunt you with their sadly stunted look, What observation is shown in the painting of those heavily bulging lips, which express weakness rather than wickedness of disposition in those coarse hands engaged in the feminine occupation of knitting a blue and white stocking, B.A.U.C.K. born in Stockholm in 1840, portrait and landscape painter. In 1863 she went to Dresden, and studied figure work with Professor Erhardt, later she moved to Dusseldorf, where she devoted herself to landscape under Flam and in 1866 she settled in Munich, where she has since remained, making long visits to Paris, Venice, and parts of Switzerland. Her later work is marked by the romantic influence of C. Ludwig, who was for a time her instructor, but she shows unusual breadth and sureness in dealing with difficult subjects, such as dusky forests with dark waters or bare ruins bordered with stiff, ghost-like trees, though not without talent and boldness. She lacks a feeling for style, Boweral. Miss A. No Reply to Circular. Baxter. Martha Wheeler. No Reply to Circular. Bale. Mary. 1632-97. This artist was the daughter of the ref, Mr. Craddock. She married Mr. Bale, an artist and a color maker. She studied under Sir Peter Lily, who obtained for her the privilege of copying some of Van Dyck's most famous works, Mrs. Bale's Portraits of Charles I. I. Cowley. And the Duke of Norfolk are in the National Portrait Gallery, London, and that of Archbishop Tillotson is in Lambeth Palace. This portrait was the first example of an ecclesiastic represented as wearing a wig instead of the usual silk coif. Her drawing was excellent and spirited, her color strong and pure, and her portraits were sought by many distinguished persons. Several poems were written in praise of this artist, in one of which, by Dr. Woodfall, she is called Malaysia. Her husband, Charles Bale, an inferior artist, was proud of his wife, and spent much time in recording the visits she received, the praises lavished on her, and similar matters concerning her art and life. He left more than thirty pocket notebooks filled with these records, and showed himself far more content that his wife should be appreciated than any praise of himself could have made him. U.R. Sorrel, Madame, A. M. E. L. I. Prize of the Exposition of Black and White. 1891, Thuron Class Medal, Salon. 1883, Bronze Medal, Exposition, 1889, Born at Barcelona, of French parents, pupil of Julian Academy. Among her principal portraits are those of Liense, Félix Boyson, Barthélemy Saint-Hilaire, Madame, Sidi Carnot, Coralie Cohen, Princess Gika, etc. She has also painted the two vanquished ones, a woman physician, and a souvenir of a bullfight, pastel, etc. This artist has also contributed to several magazines. At the Salon of the Artistes Français, 1902, she exhibited a portrait and a picture of Hamlet, in 1903 a picture. In the train, Madame, Boris Sorrel is also Madame, Julian, wife of the head of the Academy in which she was educated, Rose, Cecilia, Mary Smith Prize at the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, 1885. 1887. 1891. 1892. Gold Medal. Philadelphia Art Club. 1893. Dodge Prize. National Academy of Design. 1893. Bronze Medal. Carnegie Institute. 1896. First Class Gold Medal. 1.500. Carnegie Institute. 1899. Temple Gold Medal. Pennsylvania Academy. 1900. Gold Medal. Paris Exposition. 1900. Gold Medal. 1901. Associate of National Academy of Design. Member of Society of American Artists. Associate of Société de Beaux Arts. Paris. Born in Philadelphia. Studied under Mrs. T. A. Janvier, Adolf van der Weylen, and William Sartain in Philadelphia, under Robert Fleury, Bauderia, and Benjamin Constant. In Paris. Her portraits are numerous. In 1894 she exhibited a portrait of a child at the exhibition of the Society of American Artists, which was much admired and noticed in the Century magazine. September, 1894. As follows, few artists have the fresh touch which the child needs and the firm and rapid execution which allows the painter to catch the fleeting expression and the half-forms which make child portraits at once the longing and the despair of portrait painters. Miss Bose's technique is altogether French. Sometimes reminding me a little of Carola Sturan and of Sargent, but her individuality has triumphed over all suggestions of her foreign masters, and the combination of refinement and strength is altogether her own. Seven years later, in the International Studio, September, 1901, we read, the mention of style suggests a reference to the portraits by Miss Cecilia Rose, while the allusion to characterization suggests at the same time their limitation. The oftener one sees her mother and daughter, which gained the gold medal at Pittsburgh in 1899 and the gold medal also at last year's Paris Exposition, the less one feels inclined to accept it as a satisfactory example of portraiture, magnificent assurance of method it certainly has, controlled also by a fine sobriety of feeling, so that no part of the ensemble impinges upon the due importance of the other parts, it is a balanced, dignified picture but in its lack of intimacy it is positively callous. One has met these ladies on many occasions, but with no increase of acquaintanceship or interest on either side our meetings are sterile of any human interest. So one turns with relief to Miss Bose’s other picture of Dorothea and Francesca an older girl leading a younger one in the steps of a dance. They are not concerned with us, but at least interested in one another, and we can attach ourselves, if only as outsiders. To the human interest involved, these pictures suggest a moment's consideration of the true meaning of the term style as applied to painting. Is it not more than the mere ableness of method, still more than the audacity of brushwork, that often passes for style? Is it possible to dissociate the manner of a picture from its embodiment of some fact or idea, for it to have style in the full sense of the word? Surely it must embody an expression of life as serious and thorough as the method of record. Charles H. Caffin. In the International Studio of March, 1903. We read, The Portrait of Mrs. Roosevelt, by Miss Cecilia Rose, seemed to me to be one of the happiest of her creations. Nothing could exceed the skill and daintiness with which the costume is painted, and the characterization of the head is more sympathetic than usual, offering a most winsome type of beautiful, good womanhood. A little child has been added to the picture in afterthought. I understand and scarcely a fortunate one, at least in the manner of its presentment, the figure is cleverly merged in half-shadow, but the treatment of the face is brusque, and a most unpleasant smirk distorts the child's mouth, it is the portrait of the mother that carries the picture, and its superiority to many of Miss Rose's portraits consists in the sympathy with her subject which the painter has displayed, Charles H. Caffin, a writer in the Mail and Express says, Miss Bose has approached the task of painting the society woman of today, not as one to whom this type is known only by the exterior, but with a sympathy as complete as a similar tradition and an artistic temperament will allow. Thus she starts with an advantage denied to all but a very few American portrait painters, and this explains the instinctive way in which she gives to her pictured subjects an air of natural ease and good breeding. Miss Bose's picture of Brighton Cats is so excellent that one almost regrets that she has not emulated Madame Ronner's example and left portraits of humans to the many artists who cannot paint cats. No reply to Circular Beck. Carol H. Mary Smith Prize at Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, 1899. Fellow of Above Academy and member of the Plastic Club, Philadelphia. Born in Philadelphia. Studied in schools of Pennsylvania Academy and later in Dresden and Paris. Miss Beck paints portraits and her works have been frequently exhibited. Her portraits are also seen in the University of Pennsylvania, in the Women's Medical College, Philadelphia, in Wesleyan College, at the capitals of Pennsylvania and New Jersey, and other public places, as well as in many private homes. Miss Beck edited the catalog of the Wellstack Collection of Paintings in Memorial Hall, Fairmount Park, Philadelphia, B-E-C-K-I-N-G-O-N. Alice, no reply to Circular, B.A.R.R.A.R.D.S., B.A.R.R.S.I.A.N.E., Landscape Painter, in 1873 she won a medal at Vienna, in 1875 a gold medal at the Brussels Salon, and still other medals at Philadelphia 1876, Sydney 1879, and Teplitz 1879, she was made Chevalier de Laura de Leopold in 1881, Mademoiselle, the was born at Ostend, 1831, and studied under Kuhnery in Brussels. She traveled in Germany, France, and Italy, and exhibited admirable landscapes at Brussels, Antwerp, and Paris, her favorite subjects being Dutch. In 1878 the following pictures by her were shown in Paris, L'Azir de Bois dans zeland Le Village de Domburg-Zeland, and interior de bois, bois ost holland other well-known works are Die Kempine and A.U.S. Derung von Osterbeck. Vegas, Louise Parmentier, born in Vienna, pupil of Schindler and Anger. She traveled extensively in Europe and the Orient, and spent some time in Sicily. She married Adalbert Vegas in 1877 and then established her studio in Berlin. Her subjects are landscape, architectural monuments, and interiors. Some of the latter are especially fine. Her picture of the burial ground at Scutari was an unusual subject at the time it was exhibited and attracted much attention. Her rich gift in the use of color is best seen in her pictures of still life and flowers. In Berlin, in 1890, she exhibited before the walls of Constantinople and from Constantinople, which were essentially different from her earlier works and attracted much attention. *Tharmina* in winter more nearly resembled her earlier pictures. Friolaine Parmentier also studied etching, in which Art was her instructor. In her exquisite architectural pictures and landscapes she has represented Italian motives almost exclusively. Among these are her views of Venice and other South Italian sketches, which are also the subjects of some of her etchings. Belle, Mademoiselle, Andrea, member of the Société Nationale des Beaux-Arts, born in Paris, pupil of Cazen, paints in oils and pastels, Landscapes, especially, of which she exhibited 17 in June 1902. The larger part of these were landscape portraits, so to speak, as they were done on the spots represented with faithfulness to detail. The subjects were pleasing, and the various hours of day, with characteristic lighting, and usually well rendered. At the Salon de Beaux Arts 1902, this artist exhibited a large pastel, a hold at St. and a souvenir of Worms showing the tomb of Kazan. In 1903, she exhibited a pastel called Calvary, now in the Museum at Amiens, which has been praised for its harmony of color and the manner in which the rainbow is represented. Her pictures of twilight and sunset are unusually successful. Bianadio Deltrami, Elias Abiadia, painter and sculptor of the 19th century, living in Padua since 1858. Her talent, which showed itself early, was first developed by an unknown painter named Soldan, and later at the Royal Academy in Venice. She made copies of Guigo, Sasso Ferrado, and Veronese, the Laocoon group, and the Hercules of Canova, and executed a much admired bas-relief called, Love and Innocence. Among her original paintings are in, Battle and Chactas, Petrarch's first meeting with Laura, A. Descent from the Cross, for the Church at Tribano, A. St. Sebastian, Melancholy, a saint Cyril and many Madonnas. Her pictures are noble in conception and firm in execution. Benita y Tejeda, Benita, born in Bilbao, where she first studied drawing, later she went to Madrid, where she entered the Escuela Superior. In the exposition of 1876 at Madrid, the Guardian, was shown, and in 1881 a large canvas representing, the first step, Bernhard, Sarah. In 1869 this famous actress watched Matthew Muesnir making a bust. She made her criticisms and they were always just. The sculptor told her that she had the eye of an artist and should use her talent in sculpture. Not long after she brought to him a medallion portrait of her aunt. So good was it that Matthew Muesnir seriously encouraged her to persevere in her art. She was fascinated by the thought of what might be possible for her. Took a studio and sent to the salon in 1875 a bust.